Have we started? Oh, shit. Yeah, the, did you see the honor sign? Oh, you're funny. Because there's not one. We're gonna need a big show. We're gonna need a bigger, 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 bigger. We're gonna need a big show. We're gonna need a bigger show. With Mike, Kim, and guests. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to We're Gonna Need a Bigger Show, episode 51. I'm not gonna echo this time. What? So. You son of a Curveball. Wild card. Like your wife. Um, we, uh, <laughs> we've we made it to 51. That's important. Yep. It's one more than 50. Well, 50 was important because it's 50. 51, mm-hmm. we didn't, like, cash it in at 50. No. 51's nice because isn't it... Oh, no. I was going to say that I thought that it was a prime number, but I believe mm-hmm. it is three fits in there, doesn't it? No, I, I think it's a prime number. It's a prime number? Is it? 30 plus 21. Yeah, so, yeah. It's not a prime number? Yeah. So that would... Yeah. 51 does not matter. (laughs) Anyway, uh, this is a fun episode. Tonight, we are here with local filmmakers Warren Smythe and Chris Ranker. Hello. I usually let y'all introduce yourself. I fucked up. Um, But... They made a pretty awesome movie that I actually got to work on for a day called Juicy Mushu. Uh, and so we're going to talk to them about their movie. Chris, you were producer on the film, right? Yes, I was producer for the... We started shooting... Or we started this... Pro- <laughs> I, pull, I pulled everyone together three years ago, plus a few months. Okay. Now. Uh, yeah, so I produced. Okay, and Warren, you directed? Yes. Co-wrote? Uh, Co-wrote, yeah. Okay. Real quick, before I forget, I want to ask... You're okay, you're okay. No, it's fine. Uh, Can I have the beanbag? Go to your happy place. Um, What's the worst mangling of the movie's uh, title you guys have gotten? Has anybody just... Completely fucked it up? up? You can curse as well, Um, by the way. Have they? Well, no, I think people just forget what it's called more than anything else. It's It's not so much that they mess it up. Right. No um, mushy juices or well, that's that's my uh, mugu guy pans. Really? My, no, I haven't heard anything. No, okay. no my combination number five. Is mushy juice. Yeah. Is it? Is that yeah. the password as well? The password is I hate in all caps Warren. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so naturally, I remember the username and the password <laughs> every yes. every time. Um, so I guess before we kind of jump in to the movie, I want to talk a little bit about where you guys got your start. Um, and how you met and that kind of thing. So, Warren, I mean, did you... You went to MTSU, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when did you start to have kind of an interest in filmmaking and, and, you know, realize that this is probably something that you wanted to do? Oh, well, uh, it started back before... I guess it was during high school, maybe freshman year of high school or mm-hmm. something like that. I was actually en route to becoming... Um, a doctor like oh, wow. studying in medicine in some way and I really wanted to do that and so I was like pushing myself very hard but it just didn't seem natural and someone gave me a camera like my dad gave me a camera and I can't remember what year it was but um, once he, it was a Christmas and once he gave it to me it like instantly changed in a matter of like a week so, so you, I had you were a freshman in high school thinking I'm gonna be a doctor and that's when it changed medicine it? Some medicine, medicine yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. wow mm-hmm. And it was, uh, and it might have even been eighth grade. I can't remember, but it it just immediately changed. So, and I was like, "This is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life." You know? Wow! Even when you know, of course, you get that feeling. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you know, you know, I mean, that's you know. yeah. So, 
Chris, the same question. Uh, I... I was the only kid that I knew, and I'm sure that there are plenty of other people, but I was the only kid that I knew that didn't fast-forward through the, um, the making of special feature stuff at the beginning of the 1997 Star Wars re-release. Okay, mm. sure. Um, so you knew. And, well, uh, so I, um, I mentioned that on an application to, like, fancy film school that I couldn't afford, and after... After I was rejected from this film school, I was like, "Well, I'm coming to MTSU." <laughs> right. and, and I was a so computer, many similar stories. I was a computer science major, and then I was an English major, and yeah. then, and then I just hi. <laughs> yep. I I continued being an English major, and then added this film degree. Whenever I realized, oh, that's something that they kind of do at MTSU. Yeah. But like, Morton and I met doing uh, the doing like extracurricular stuff at MTSU there's a club called the Film Guild that gets all this money right. from SGA to make shorts and everything and so we just started doing that and that was whenever I really started taking it serious sure. because I was able to be on set I was like this is really cool and really fun how did you two discover that you worked well together I mean what was the what, what, how did the dynamic start between the two of you I don't know I can't remember <laughs> We met. Uh, Do you remember which film you were working on? Well, um, we never worked on a film first, right? You watched me edit, right? Yeah, I. I, I so was doing Warren, a film. Warren made a movie pretty much by himself. Uh, Mike, I, uh, you, yeah, you guys get that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Warren and like something like five other people total made a feature film. Whenever you were like eighteen, right? Yeah. 18, yeah. yeah, and. He was editing that in his dorm room, and I had met him like camping or something like that, just through mutual friends, and was hanging out. And I asked him to uh, shoot a cooking show that I was going to do for the campus. Uh-huh. It was like a vegetarian cooking show where they interviewed bands as well. Okay. Um, and Warren came on to that, and we really got along professionally, uh, which I think that's. That's pretty rare. Like, I don't work really well with most of my friends. Um, but I do work really well with Warren. Yeah. I think we we had an... Uh, I think near the start of our professional re- relationship, we knew that being professional... Like, we had the same goals as being professional, but sure. we also accepted mm-hmm. that we could be free in our creativity and a good balance of that would create a good film career. And I think that's where we, you know, came together. Sure. I think so. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So, I guess the next, I mean, how did Juicy Mushu come to you? I mean, was it you and Warren? Was it you and the writer working on it together? or No. How did uh, it, how, what was the genesis of that project? Well, you know how it went, right, Chris? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm curious you, what you think, though. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know that you came to me and you said, hey, I want to make a movie, I want to make a short, and I want you to direct. So that's the first time a producer had ever come to me you know, and said, I want you to direct a film. So, uh, And then we talked uh, more and more and more, and we brought... Uh, writer on uh-huh. and then we all talked together and we wanted something separately 
right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much... I, I had forgotten that this was supposed to be a short film. Yeah, it was supposed to be a short film. Yeah. It so always is, so is ours. Right? Yeah. 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 Ours was supposed to be a short film. Um, yep. But it, so at the same time that I was talking with you about wanting you to direct, I started talking with Ross Wells about oh. writing. Oh, and okay. it was like probably the same day that I talked to you, I talked with him. Yes. Uh, and Ross was a guy that I was taking a class with. I met him, um, like taking a screenwriting class. And on the first day of class, I, I had heard some crazy story previously about someone a long time ago who had taken the screenwriting class at MTSU who wrote some crazy script yes. that had been being... It, they were passing it around for like generations of, right. of this class. <laughs> and it was, this was before Wilfred or, and it, it, yeah, so it was before Wilfred, but this was about a man who hit a deer in a deer crossing. Mm-hmm. And the deer was played by a man dressed up as a deer, but it was assumed to be a deer. <laughs> sure. And then the deer uh, threatens to sue the man <laughs> and... Uh, unless he like takes him into his home to rehabilitate him, uh, and then the deer just destroys this guy's life. And on the first day of the screenwriting class, I was telling some stranger that was sitting next to me about, like, man, yeah, there's this crazy script that I heard about. And at the end of class, this guy came over and said, hey, I heard you talking about that script. I wrote that script. I'm taking the class again. Oh, wow. Hmm. I was like, that's really cool. So I I immediately wanted to work with Ross because sure. he was just such a strange, creative guy. Yeah. And I was like, Warren's really strange and creative, too. This is going to be a cool team. And you can already, like, from that story description, you can already see, like, where Juicy Mushu got its guts from. Sure. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. So <clears throat> was Juicy Mushu something he had already been writing, or was it something that that you sat down together and just started to hammer out? We sat down... In Warren's backyard, mm-hmm. uh, the three of us—the first time the three of us had ever gotten together—and we all came up with all these different stories. I'm gonna let Warren continue. Right. Yes, I wanted to do. Um, I want. I think I wanted to do a drama about like some drug, like an un, like the beginning of like the, a drug something. I can't remember what it was, but something underground drugs or something like that, mm-hmm. and. Um, I know there's more that you wanted, Chris, but I think it was all I remember was I want explosions. <laughs> and that's all I can remember. Uh-huh. I know that you wanted a lot more, and because and then and then I was like, oh, okay, how are we gonna fit that in? And then and then Ross wanted, wanted Ross wanted he, he, he well had, we all wanted he had something. all these different stories. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He was like, yeah, exactly. He he had the original story of Juice Issue like. He ordering juice, like him ordering juicy mushu, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I think it was one of his friends, like, yeah. got really high and then ordered juicy mushu. Right. And they were like, "Wouldn't it be crazy if like a prostitute showed up?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. For, I mean, for for our yeah. listeners who don't know, I mean, just kind of tell them a little bit about the story before we get into too much more of the mm-hmm. making of it. Mm-hmm. What, who wants to take that one? Oh, you you take it. Okay. <laughs> uh, so it is a. An adventure comedy, uh, let's say a late night adventure comedy about two sanitation workers who, uh, while they're cleaning out the house of a dead hoarder, they discover an ancient Chinese chest that pulls them into an underworld of international crime and mystery. It's the Big Lebowski meets Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good, that's yeah. a pretty good thing. <laughs> um, we talked about the Le- Big Lebowski like way 
after we made it and realized that there were a lot of similarities. I think it's mostly well for it's kind of an you know action. I don't want to say comedy noir. Is that even a thing? Yeah, I mean, okay. it, I mean, it, well, I guess yeah. that that becomes the question. What were your influence? I mean, what did you pull sure. from? You know, I mean, there were a lot of different ideas being pulled into it. Were there specific sources that you were like? influenced by this you know i mean for us for Devilcock, it was a lot of grindhouse and a lot of you know old exploitation films i mean for juicy mushu what were the things you were pulling from you know <laughs> honestly for the first time in a long time i had juicy mushu was a movie that there was not a lot of influences okay other than just like classic influences it was it was influences like um i guess you know just I can't think of all the films that we've thought of, but just films that would that would tell a lot from a shot that it would be a situational... Like, it was something in a situation that the camera would capture that would be funny or that would be special, you know, or it, I, I could even be talking about, it, like, a drama or something like that, so it wouldn't be funny. It would just be... Um, I don't know, just not out there. So it was like a comedy that was... It, I don't know, it's just so... Juicy Mushu was like something of its own. It really didn't ever... We had a lot of influences, but we liked how films were smart with their cinematography. Sure. And they were smart with their, like... Like, they thought how to compose it to make it perfect, and it was almost like an art, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know... And I think we took influences from films that were like that, but honestly, I can't think of a film that we were drawing from that we were like, oh, we want it to be like this, sure. we want it to be like this. You know? I mean, for you, Chris, I mean, was was it any different? Or do you, you know, I mean, did you have anything, like, just even in the back of your mind that you were thinking, you know, this would look, you know, something like this film that I've seen before, or this show that I've seen before? So visually, uh, and I feel like, Warren, you were mostly talking about visually, like, Influences, but I might be wrong. Um, um, I think I think story-wise too. Just yeah, but I mean, go ahead. Go okay. Ahead, yeah. Well, okay. So v- visually, I know Warren worked really, really closely with Evan, our cinematographer, to like choose these classic influences. Warren's a big sure. Kubrick guy, sure. So the, like there was a lot of the symmetry mm-hmm. and a lot mm-hmm. of a, playing with the z-axis and. Sure. Um, but from a writing standpoint, because I, w- I worked with Ross for a really long time, and then and then I worked like really closely with Warren with the tweaking of the script and everything. Uh, and Warren worked with Ross too, but like it was, I was heavily heavily involved with developing the script. Mm-hmm. We just, me and Ross, looked at just Joseph Campbell straight through and just okay. tried to capture. That like hero's a, journey, a, a, yeah, like a postmodern hero's journey, sure. as best we could, and with that, uh, like other other influences, like I don't, we just wanted it to be a ride. That's, that's like cool. we talked a lot about, um, not so much me and Ross, but me and you talked a lot about Burn After Reading. Sure, yeah, that sort of just meanders yeah. around. Yeah, that was a lot of situational comedy. That was really nice. You know, it was like it was a funny situation that you would laugh at. Like, you know, like it would just when when you when you look at Burn After Reading, like when you look at the scenes and you go back and watch a certain scene, you're like, wait, like this is happening and this is happening, but it seems normal at the time because you, you're buying into the story. But when you look back at, it, you're like, wait, that that's like 
completely out of context is so weird, and that that I think that's yeah. how juicy she was. Yeah. Yeah, and then Ross, know. he was he was. I feel like his style is kind of like a smarter Pineapple Express style of humor. <laughs> sure. Um, and so he had yeah. he he brought so much to the project, and it was funny because we. We worked on the movie for three years, right? And, but he was only really heavily involved probably the first year. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so by the end of it, I really forgot. So he wasn't really involved in the production aspect of it. No, no. Like we okay. we invited him out and everything, and he would come out and hang out. But he didn't he have was, a lot of input. He was the writer. Sure. No. Yeah. Uh, so I would, I mean, well, you you know, you mentioned Pineapple Express. I mean, it's almost as if the Coen Brothers made a stoner comedy. You know, I mean, it's a. It has a lot of those elements. Um, mm. I guess, you know, to, to kind of go from there, um, what was the next step? I, well, I guess how long did the writing take total? Um, I don't know. Ross, <laughs> I think Ross got us the first draft in like two weeks. Okay. It something was quick, crazy yeah. like that. And, and then how many then drafts spent, did it go through? Uh, probably by the end, like 25. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I say I don't know because I feel like there were different stages and we yeah. did a lot of filming and then we rewrote things. Sure. So it was yeah. About which, what will, what draft number did we start filming at? Probably like 10. 10? Okay. I would say. Like uh, b- between 5 and 10 somewhere. Uh, well, cool. So that, I mean, that pretty much, you know, your writing is done at that point. What uh, is kind of the, you know, the genesis of, okay, okay now we have a script. Where are we going to get the money for this? So how did that kind of come together? And and did it all? I mean, we were so we're talking about a film, and something that we're like we've said we're familiar with that took place over three years, or that took you know the filming of which took place over three years. Did you uh, anticipate all of the money at once, or did it you know like happen over the three years? Kind of talk a little bit about the beginning of that, and you know why it took so long. Well. Was wasn't it at the sh- wasn't it a short when we got our first chunk of money? Not exactly. So the okay. first draft of the film was forty five pages, which I guess technically would be a short, but yeah. a long we, short. Yeah. Well, we we also just knew that it was going to those big blocks of of action were going to be a couple uh, yeah. couple minutes long. Mm-hmm. So like we we anticipate we were That's hoping right. for it to be like an hour and a half. In theory, yeah, uh, but we knew that a forty-five page yeah. script wasn't going to cut it. So whenever sure. we went and tried to get money the first time, we were like, "Well, it's going to be longer than this." But here's this. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. But so we took this script to pitches for the film guild, mm-hmm. uh, which is set up through MTSU, and you you just submit you 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 go in, and there are people that. We'll read your script and talk to you about it, and you request a specific amount of money and see if you can get it. And the the most that I had ever heard of anyone getting for a film guild shoot was five thousand, and that was for a trailer, like a teaser trailer that you did, Warren. Right. That was that was five thousand. Wow, for a teaser trailer. Yeah. Wow. Holy shot, shit. Shot on thirty five. <laughs> okay. In wow. the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah, it was so, I mean, the production value was yeah, there. Was oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but. I remember we we went in with our suits and everything, mm-hmm. twenty years old, and we we talked to the panel of students and said we can make this movie for twenty five hundred dollars. 
<laughs> we can make it good for five thousand, and we can get it to Sundance for seven. And that was, that was a reaction. Let's stop. Let's stop yeah, yeah. for a second. <laughs> we can get it to Sundance for seven. For you know, seven thousand dollars. The tickets are to Sundance are seven seven thousand dollars. You know. What? what? I'm just kidding. <laughs> So I mean, the palms is a couple extra grand. That's, yeah. <laughs> now, where right. did I mean what? Where does that come from? Like, as 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 you're pitching, like, was that the plan to say that to be like? Yes, yeah. it was like confidence that this project okay. would work. Exactly. That's gotcha. really what we yeah. meant. Sure. You know? And there's and nothing wrong with that. that. I mean, yeah. it's important to have that. We knew that it was going to be really, really tough to do. Sure. And. We were anticipating shooting on a DSLR and pretty much it just being a shit show for a week and a half. Our plan was to shoot it over a spring break. It always oh, is. Wow. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. It always is. That's great. Um, and <laughs> they, <LOL>. and <laughs> apparently they had enough confidence in us to give us seven thousand bucks. Wow. Um, and that was that was really inspiring. Mm-hmm. Was it seven thousand? Yeah. Or maybe. I'm what is 2500 for camera? No. No, that was the second time. Because we, oh, okay. we didn't get it done <laughs> for 7000 And we went back a second time, like a year That's later, right. and got an additional... Okay. Mm, got something, it was something like that, at least. But the budget of the film in general was, I think, 60000 mm-hmm. and uh, Eventually. The, the chunk of that was before we ever started filming... And it was raised through investors, and we did fundraisers. Yeah, we uh, did a Kickstarter. I mean, it was just so many little. Did things. your Kickstarter make? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What were you asking for? Twenty five hundred. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. And like we we probably got five hundred bucks donated in the first like day, and wow. then somebody that I knew who runs a um, printing company out in Tullahoma just messaged me and said, hey, I really believe in you and this project, and I love bringing Chinese culture to Tennessee, because sure. she's Chinese. Sure. And so if anything that you don't raise past this, wow. like, like we'll be your gap person. Uh, wow. Uh, that, that's wow. incredible. Wow. And I think we probably got like 15 more dollars after that. So she ended up putting forward a lot of money. Yeah. And wow. It, it, like, it's amazing if you just... If you have confidence in a project, sure. people can see that. And, yeah. and people just started getting behind us, and it was such a good feeling. So, you say the initial outing, 7000 mm-hmm. At what point did you realize, okay, we can't finish this film here? I mean, like, I mean this, like at, at now, in this time frame, with this money, we can't finish this film. When did that start to... When did you start to evaluate... You mean after the 7000 after the seven thousand, and I mean, you shot for a, a during a spring break, correct? No, we didn't. Okay, it stopped yeah. before that. Okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah, we we raised the initial money, mm-hmm. and then I guess did you shoot point. anything after the initial after no, you got the money? So no, okay. we wanted to go all in. Okay, Warren's grandfather. Wait, but I think we got five from Film Guild, and then your 25. grandfather, your grandfather put forward, I think seven thousand. It could have been, and he was our first investor. Investor, and then he led us to someone else. Yeah, who led us to someone else? Yeah, yeah sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, so when did you? When did principal photography begin? After July we 31st, had first. What? Right? July thirty or July fifteenth, right? Of two thousand twelve. Uh, 
<laughs> I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's summer. Yeah, and we okay. shot we shot for a month. Yeah, okay. So through August thirty. Yeah, August and we 15th. we thought we were going to be able to do it, but the writing just wasn't there, and the preparation wasn't. And we were we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. Sure, you know, like it was just we were kids with you know loaded gun. Yeah, trying to yeah. make art out of it. Yeah, um, <laughs> make we, we, so true. We understand that. Yeah, yeah. we're sure. kids with a loaded gun trying to make art out of it. I think First ranker. I think yeah. that is that, a perfect, that's perfect quote. I yeah. love that so much. So, for me, I'm going to get kind of personal here. The the moment that I knew that it wasn't going to be shot over spring break was we were we had been prepping for weeks. And weeks, and it was probably three weeks from the time spring break was supposed to happen, or was going to happen. And I remember I was sitting over on Bell Street at my house, and I told my roommate, I think something needs to change, because I haven't had a boner in two months. (laughs) (laughs) And... And he said, Chris, go into your room and fix that room. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, and, and after I did that, I called up Warren, and I was like, Warren, something's got to change. We can't do this over spring break. And he said, Chris, I understand. Wow. And, and you know. <laughs> I, I knew from that story, I knew the call forward. I didn't know until now. Mm-hmm. That story, that's great. Yeah. No, it, and the, that, was, that was how much we were putting into it like i didn't have any time to think about anything else and we still weren't going to make sure it. we still weren't going to be able to shoot by spring break even if i yeah. continued and and if warren continued if everyone continued full throttle until that point we still weren't going to be able to make oh my movie. gosh that was so stressful <laughs> what what I do you all think i just remembered that's that yeah. frame of mind yeah what what was the real like was there one aspect of it that was the real snag like what like actors or just general feeling of unpreparedness or just your locations or tech side of it was it anything in particular oh uh, uh i don't i guess just general preparedness it's just like Oh, we had to get a chest, and we had to do this, and the, the locations, and these actors, and I mean, the, all these things coming down so fast, we didn't realize, like, we had done shorts, when you do a short, you're like, okay, everything is contained in a certain sure. space, and you're like, okay, well, like, you know, you, you, you can, you can see a short all in your mind, like, you can see it in your mind, you can be like, I mean, you can read the whole script off to yourself, but a feature is so big that we didn't realize how how there were so many characters and locations and it was such a big huge plot that we didn't really realize how big it was until we got like two weeks from the production day and we were like oh that's not gonna work so sure. that was you know just everything yeah the movie was just way too big for us yeah like well, it I mean even looking back it's a very ambitious film it's I mean big. like having worked on it you know for even just the day that I was there uh, which you know I told you guys this, you know, personally, and I'll, I'll say it again, I'll say it every day, I had such a blast that day, you know, it, start, it started off, I was like, I don't know how this day is going to go, like, I don't, you know, that for the first gag we did for special effects, I was like, ah, this is taking forever, like, how is, are we going to get this done, but then the more we worked, it was just like, 
this is a, this is a lot of fun. Like this is this is just a ton of fun, and and not really even then I didn't know much about the film. So knowing that, working the day that I did, and then seeing it at the premiere, um, it's so ambitious. I mean, it is a huge, huge film, yeah. um, and so. To, above all else, my hat's off to you for <laughs> accomplishing what you did. Thank you know, you. even in, Thanks. I mean, three years, that's incredible. Um, let's talk a little bit about casting the film because one of the most impressive aspects of the film is that the, I think pretty much across the board, the performances are there. I mean, they're, 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 you know, for, for a unknown cast, you know, yeah. it's a, it is a, it's an impressive feat. Um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, talk about casting your leads and and you know some of the other, uh, you know actors and and how that process went. And we casted for so long, yeah. you know. We just casted for so long, and we just couldn't. We didn't want. I mean, there were so many good options, but sure. like we just didn't want anyone that was not going to be perfect for the role. And I remember you brought, you bought, I think it was Ricardo over. No, I brought Graham first. Graham. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you didn't... You, we did We did a lot of auditions to the point where it was like, he might audition somebody without me and just tape it and then send it to me. And I auditioned Graham because uh, uh, he was a friend of a friend. Mm-hmm. And he, play, he plays Weston in the movie, so one of the two main characters. Sure. And he, yeah. he was just fantastic. But he wasn't at all what we were imagining initially. But right. I, but I remember I went to Warren and I was like, Warren, this guy, he's a great actor, and I know that he isn't what you're imagining. Because at that point we were imagining someone like really, kind of laid back and slow and, uh, just more of like your typical stoner comedy stoner. Right. Um, and Graham had this energy sure. that he brought where it was just like he was pissed off at everything and you didn't really know why but you were okay with it <laughs> yeah yeah. and I saw that video audition and I was like okay okay cool he is really good and he does like he's performing his lines very well and he's like I'm, I'm getting it and then I don't know how it happened but you brought in it was this was like I can't remember. It was like a week before we shot or something. I I don't know. It was super bad. But yeah. like, we brought in both of them together, Ricardo and his friend. I mean, Graham and his friend Ricardo. Yeah, that was how we got Ricardo. Was yeah. we asked Graham? Right. And who do you recommend? Oh, yeah, wow. who do you recommend? Okay. And then he brought his friend, and then they came in together, and then they acted. And I said, like, I said, I. I don't know exactly what I said, but I I, I did say that the chemistry between them mm-hmm. was incredible. I was like, I saw their performances, you know, one on one, and they were good, but together they seemed to have this like outrageous chemistry, you know. And <laughs> sure. I was like, this is perfect. Sure. You know? mm-hmm. And it's just like the duo, like just them together, the way that they look, you know. Just I don't know, they're opposites in so many ways, and I just it was perfect, you know. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if you'll talk a little bit about how you cast Randall. I thought he was his performance was just well off okay. the charts. So I always so I have <laughs> I have some actors that I know that I can always like. It's a pool of actors that I know that I work with that I can always pull from if I want amazing performances. And one of the greatest that I know 
is one of the greatest that I know is David Barton, and he was my youth director in church. Okay. It was like back when I was a little kid, and I saw him play so many things. He was he did a lot of Broadway plays. He uh, he toured with Annie. I mean, he was an incredible actor. Yeah, his daddy Warbucks for Broadway. Yeah, wow. <laughs> that's Broadway. incredible. Yeah. And I was I was like, wow, this guy's so incredible. And he had done he did he did a um, a part in my last feature, Sound of Dogs, and he was really good in that. But he didn't really act very well. And when thinking of the... What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, not very well. He didn't act very much. He, I don't think he had any speaking lines at all. Okay, so, okay. But, um... <laughs> very well. <laughs> I knew he could act well, but I, I, I hadn't seen it yet. And then Randall came up, this character. And this, like, this, this, like, how do you know what he is, where he comes from, what his sexual orientation is, what he wants? Is he a villain? Is he good? Like, the complexity of this character was just... Like it was just amazing, and I was like, "Who can play this?" David Barton, and I was like, "That's the guy sure. because he'll bring so much to the table." And, and he did. He really does. He brought it. When yeah. directing him, it was pretty great because, like, I said, I said, you know, this is what I want for this character, and this is, you know, what I see, and this is a dynamic, and blah blah blah. blah. And he would, he would like not smile and just say, "Okay, okay, okay," and then. We would, uh, we would, I would say, are you confident, you know, before we would roll the scene? And he said, uh, yeah, yeah, I got it. And he would just do it. And then I'd be like, I'd look down at my script and I'd look at him and I was like, that was amazing. And I didn't give, give him any direction at right. all, you know? It was like, he, he understood the character when, from the moment I started talking about it and how excited I was. Like, he just captured all my excitement and all the direction that I was taking before we even were on set and he used that to to make his own rendition of that character to where I didn't have to direct him he already knew it and he already possessed it and it was incredible awesome. so mm. um so you've got you know this this ensemble cast over 3 years what were some of the challenges of bringing them back together when during these gaps of filming and and convincing everybody okay this is still happening like we need to finish this you know like i mean what were just some of the challenges associated or were there any i mean it okay challenges right yeah yeah i mean it was there were challenges but it was pretty much just from a, a technical stance okay um i i just want to say like if we had any other actors this movie wouldn't have happened sure True, yeah. Because they just kept coming back, and I <laughs> For don't more know punishment. why. <laughs> I said to I said to you one time, I was like, I was like, well, we have to think about what happens if uh, Graham dies, you know? Because if Graham dies, then we can't film this part. I was serious. I was yeah. serious. Was like, <laughs> yeah. We were shooting over three or four years, or like that seemed that long, and I was like, they might die. I, I don't know that die. I ever articulated that out loud during our shoot, but it is something. I mean, you think yeah. that. It's like anything could happen. Somebody could have a car wreck or, you know, sure. any would be horrible, horrible thing I could mean, happen. And like the problem is much bigger. A death is like, is huge, sure. But Yusumushi would be finished, you know. Right. I mean, it's. I mean, it's something you know you can't help but think about, and um, yeah. you know, and to some degree in that respect. So, like with that, I, I thought that Warren was going to die. <laughs> yes. We were, and, yes. and I don't want to dwell on it too much, but no, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. So somewhere, I have a GoPro diary. <laughs> I the, there's a torture scene in a school bus in the movie. And I, uh, 
Well, I'll tell a story about the school bus really quickly. Um, I don't... I've, I've never... T- I don't know who, how many people I've told this to. Uh, how you Hayden, got the bus? Our, yeah. Hayden, I've, I've our heard this story. Com- our production uh, designer, Hayden Mason, is incredible. And we had talked about, like, well, it'd be really cool if we can do this in a bus. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, that'd be really cool. How could we get a bus? And he's like, well, I don't know. How much money do we have? And I was like, well, we don't have a lot. Sure. And I was on eBay one night. <laughs> While I was drawing, this is so great. While I was, that makes the story. Yeah. Right? Like, that's, that's, and, and all good stories like, start oh, out. That was on eBay. There's this creepy, <laughs> creepy short bus, a 1988 Chevy short bus. That the starting bid is 500 bucks. No one's bidded on it yet. Um, I'm like, well, it's got seven more days until it's. Uh, until until it's done, I'm just gonna bid on it. I'm not even gonna talk to Hayden. It's fine. <laughs> and seven hours later, I got a text message from eBay saying that I had won a bus, misread hours or like mm. days for or hours for days. <laughs> and, Drunk eBay. And I had to pick it up in Amarillo, Texas, within wow. two yeah. weeks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So I called up my road trip friend, Mark, and I was like, hey, man, I did something bad. <laughs> road like, trip! You want to go to Texas? And he's like, yeah, man, I'm coming back from the Badlands right now. I'll just swing by Nashville and we'll head out to Texas. <laughs> and a week and a half Does later, this we run? had a bus. It is still behind my house that I was living in at the time, and I need to figure out how it's going anywhere. It kind of runs, but it's not registered anymore, gotcha. and yeah. that's been a constant just cloud above my head because I know that he could probably take me to court or something. Sure. Um, <laughs> but but did, so when you I mean when you bid on this bus did you check to see if it ran like could you did you see if, oh, oh I can drive ran. this from from Texas to Tennessee I mean so no okay no, no not really it ran and he said that it ran but whenever I went and picked it up he was this guy that had been using this bus I at, at least according to him it's a creepy bus I want to just say it again it's a creepy creepy bus with no seats in it except for the driver's seat um and he said that he oh and it was registered with the school system in amarillo still mm. which was really strange and he said that it was because he does maintenance for the schools in the area or something right, like right, that of course, but yeah. i was like yeah i'm driving it back to nashville and he just scratched his head and he said well good luck i don't think it's been out of amarillo yet wow. <laughs> he, he it had and I drove 1,900 miles back. Wow. wow. No, was, any no problems? Uh, not yet, no. We've <laughs> okay. had a lot of problems since then. But not um, but not but from the trip there? No. To- I mean, God wanted what? that bus back in Nashville. Uh-huh. It happened, you know? Like, it was it was a feat. It was like a miracle, you know? Because, wow. like, I mean... Yeah, That's yeah. incredible. So we were we were probably two weeks out from shooting at that point. Sure. Whenever it's time to go get the bus, I'll say I'll say three weeks, and somewhere I hope there's my GoPro diary of going and picking up the bus. This yeah. is, These are special like, features for the DVD. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's what I was thinking. I was like, this is going to be a really weird trip. I've right. got to document this. And halfway to Amarillo, I get a call from I think Hayden. I thought he was going to check in about the bus, and he said, Hey, man, Warren got stabbed in the neck last night. Uh, 
I just thought you should know. Oh, what? <laughs> and I've got my GoPro diary and everything of the reaction, and like I just talk, like, and he didn't know a whole lot about it, but he said, "Yeah, it looks like he's going to live." Looks like he's going to live. Yeah. Oh my God. And yes. What happened? <laughs> it, what, is, was, what is the story? I don't I, I, know this okay, at all. So, are you still in danger, Warren? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> okay. No. Uh, yeah, someone found out about GC Mushu. So. No. <laughs> um, so, yeah, back a long time ago. I guess it was... That was three years ago. Three years ago, yeah. Three years ago, I was in a bad situation in a bad party, and basically, I got attacked, and I got cut, and... I was, one of my friends drove me to a hospital, and then they had to life flight me to Vanderbilt. I was in Murfreesboro. I was actually in Woodbury. By the way, don't go to Woodbury. Don't go to parties in Woodbury. No, yeah. just don't go to Woodbury. Yeah, just go and go to Woodbury. I've yeah. been there twice, and it's awful. Yeah, I've been there like two or They three stabbed times his extremities. I don't care if we have any listeners at Woodbury. Fuck Woodbury. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things happen, and like... I heard that, like, you know, just a lot of people get in fights in Woodbury, but I was in the wrong hmm. place at the wrong time, and I hopefully I will never be there again, but uh, not Woodbury, just the wrong place, wrong time. Right. And I get life flighted, and. and, and, wow. and life, life flighted. Life he got flighted stabbed in the back of the neck with a beer bottle. Yes. Jeez. After the beer bottle was broken over his head. Yes. It was Warren. insane. I know. I know. And everyone was like, what happened? Like, what happened? Like, we got to get a picture of the scar. Yeah, oh, that'll yeah. be that'll oh, be our episode oh, yeah, photo. It's, it's all the way back there, very close <laughs> oh, to the jugular. So I was very very close to dying. I lost so much blood, and the doctor came out to my parents and he was like, "Well, I was like, he lived. We're surprised he lived." And my mom was like, "Oh my god, my baby!" <laughs> so of course, like they told everyone about it, and they told the whole you know the crew and Hayden called Chris, and everyone was like, "How did that happen?" But. That happened right before we started shooting Jusumishu. So you so. have these fears that, you know, somebody on the the cast or crew is going to die. And I'm Chris in the has these. I'm in the prairie on my way to <laughs> yeah, pick up a right. bus that may or may not work, and I hear the director might die. Oh my! But probably God. not. But somehow that is incredible. I didn't. Somehow you made it back. Yeah. Somehow the actors didn't die, and somehow <laughs> we finished the film. Somehow you didn't die. It's yeah. all. I mean. Wow! You know? Yeah. So holy I shit! Know. I don't know how I have escaped not hearing any I know, of this. Yeah, this is so yeah. wild. I'm yeah, I've never heard I this. Told um, you, yeah. But before you even mentioned that, just talking about the bus, I was just thinking, you know, about our experience with Devilcock and other experience with movie making in general. It just seems like, I mean, there are moments when you're like, "This is this is divine what just happened," and then yeah. there are moments where like, okay. Clearly, uh, God doesn't want me to make this movie because he's crushed. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm being crushed right now. Well, so do you? Do you feel like these opposing, yeah. for, like some something's working for you, and then other things are working against you? Know, you? Bad things happen on movies, on movie sets, but I feel <laughs> oh, like they sometimes bad. happen for a reason. Like maybe you don't film a scene, but did you need that scene in the movie? Maybe sure. God was trying to save you, <laughs> cut it before it got to production. You know? Right? Gosh, I, I mean, for, that happened for like half of that right. month. For right. us, yeah. I mean, it was very much like the first when we. We didn't finish that first summer we shot it that's when the movie became 
what we what we ended up with because that was when I said, well, fuck it. If I'm going to have to come back and shoot this thing anyway, I want an airplane and I want a yeah. wrestling ring and you know I want all of this shit that I know that well, fuck it. There's no way I'm going to get it, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. why not dream? And then we did, and it was like, okay, there was a reason, you know, yes. that all this happened. I mean, it's it's a weird business. Yes. The, the yeah. business of filmmaking is yes, a weird business. Wow. So everything working against you at this point. I mean. When, I mean, I guess overall, over three years, what are the hardest days? What are the, what were the, the biggest challenges in, in filming this movie? And I want to talk about the, both ends of this. First, I want to talk about, you know, the, the hardest days. I want to talk about but your biggest triumphs as well. So what were the hardest parts of this? Well, why don't you go first? Okay. I think the hardest thing for me, because I was really heavily involved with the writing process, was realizing halfway through our first month shooting that like the last 30 pages of the script just weren't cutting it sure they weren't good enough sure and we realized that whenever we were shooting well I, I don't remember like all of a sudden it was just like okay well what are we shooting next and we realized well that's not good mm. even though we had put so much care into it we realized after having seen everything it's just not it's just not good and we like quickly rewrote things to be able to happen and like overnight created some set and shot in a warehouse that we were using essentially as a sound stage and it still just wasn't good and and Evan came to us after we had shot for a week and he said guys we can't finish this we can't continue with this script and i don't want to put my name on it if you guys try to wow and that was that was really that was the most difficult thing ever because i knew that he was right but i didn't want him to be right mm. and and so we had to just decide okay well i know that we've raised about 30,000 bucks at this point but we're going to have to do more than that like we're we're only halfway there and so like mm-hmm. it was it was this huge moment where i was looking out at all the work that we had done and realizing that that was just the very beginning enough. of yeah. it. That was after probably only like six to nine months this project had been around. Sure. And and that really was the very beginning of it. It's like that <clears throat> moment when Sassy and Chance and Shadow get to that first, over the first hill and they think uh-huh, that's yes. where they're going to find their owners. Yes. But the, there's a way more adventure ahead of them. There's a I'm porcupine. Slap there's you. a porcupine. <laughs> but the hardest the, you've ever been slapped in your life. The nice guy with the warm cream for for a sassy to drink. Yeah, yeah. All of you are <laughs> monsters right now. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's that's, that, that's, mean, that's Chris's. <laughs> well, I mean, what about for you? Like, what went? You know, were there? What were the days where you like? Fuck, I'm ready to pack it in. Like, fuck this. Um. I mean, you know, it, it was always going to get made, you know, I knew that, but there were some hard times, okay. and I think that it was, it stemmed from the script, and I think that that probably, you know, stemmed from me, you know, because if, I, let's say, in a perfect situation, if I knew exactly what I wanted in the script, then it would be a perfect lockdown script, and we would shoot that script, and then we would finish production. But, you know, this was such a huge, you know, thing that sometimes 
I just wasn't sure and we weren't sure what would work or what wouldn't work and it was very ambitious in the scenes and stuff like that we wanted it to be a very good story we wouldn't want it to be like very out there but you know well and I think that just the script w wasn't there sometimes maybe it was a really good scene right but maybe the scene wasn't in the right place or maybe it was like the perfect character I remember like thinking of like you know we had some perfect characters you know but, like, maybe just not right for that minute in the film, mm -hmm. in that scene. And then we realized it when we started, like, shoot, like, when we when we shot it, or, like, before we shot it, or, like, a week before we shot it, we'd realize that, and we'd be like, oh, no. Because, like, when when things, like, things look good on, on a script sometimes, sure. but when you shoot them, or when you get ready to shoot them, and you shot, you, you looked, what, what are the things that you have, you're like this doesn't really this like it either is perfect or it's just not good at all sure mm -hmm. and that was really tough for me because when the whole when when the script is there and the production is planned around it and the AD is ready to shoot it and the producers gotten like you know everyone together to shoot this script and your scene and everything like that and then you look at it and you're like and you plan You've gotten this in your head to shoot it, and then you look at it, and you're like, oh, no, this is not going to work. Sure. <laughs> what am I going to say to these people, you know? And that's the toughest part, you know, is is to be like, you know, to say, to say, hey, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. This is not, like, we have to do the best thing for the project. Right. Not for the time that we have, you know, right. so... That's tough. You know? yeah, yeah. I think that's always been my problem anytime I've been in a director-type position is being the what am I going to tell these people yeah. moment. <laughs> when you're like, right. what we're trying to do right now is probably going to suck, and we need to totally... Like when you said... like I know we just keep going back to Devil Cock, but it's our comparable experience. Oh, you understand? Yeah. But like <clears throat> when you said, well, all that stuff we shot the first weekend... We got to redo all that. My first thought, even not as the director, but just the camera guy, was, "What are we going to tell everybody? Like how that? That's always my yeah. first thought. Yeah, the exact same yeah, thing. Yeah, absolutely. Happened. Yeah. The first day, none of the footage was usable because we didn't know how to use the equipment properly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just because you we know were, that is. I mean, that kids. is. Yeah, that, <laughs> no, but that's it. You know, before. I mean, but thankfully, in both experiences, you have people who, even though they're going to be, they might be miffed, they still support you. They're still yeah. coming back, you know, over three years. I mean, yeah. it was the same. It was the same thing for us. What you know? is the matter with them? I don't know. They're dicks. I know. And idiots, I know. Idiot dicks. It is weird. Uh, no, no, <laughs> they're wonderful. And back. like, I mean, we're you know, it, it's one of those things that uh, it is a very difficult business. But at the same time, you have just as much working for you usually yeah. as you do against mm. you. You know, you just have to take the good with the bad. Yeah. Locations were a really big challenge. Not getting them. But some of the locations that we were allowed to shoot in that were perfect for it were not perfect from a production standpoint. Okay. For example, we shoot in a hoarder's house, and it, we had to do very little to make it that. It was, it's essentially a storage house for uh, a mansion that's next door. Okay. So it's, it's just filled with all of this cool stuff. And so we, Hayden and, and Kurt Griffin, they, oh, sure. they uh, them and their crew just... They revamped the house, but it was working within a pretty cool canvas to start with. 
but that house didn't have air. Oh, wow. Our first day of shooting, we, of course, didn't anticipate to go as long as it did. And our our, our actress, Kim, who was playing Chang Chang, the prostitute, she was was going to China in like three days. And so we had to get all of her stuff done in two days. And the first day, we shot for 17 hours. And Connie, our, who eventually became our AD, she... Uh, what was she at the time? She was a PA. And, really? And it was her first set. Are you see Man, she, she was, was incredible. She's incredible. She is incredible. Working with her was just one of the best yeah. experiences. She's, she's, she's top notch. Yeah. Take yeah. note, PAs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, well, I mean, she was one of those people that just didn't lose confidence yeah, in us, and I have no idea why not. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But... But she said that she looked at a thermometer upstairs in the hoarder's house that first day, that like 17, 18 hour day, and it was 115 degrees. In I wouldn't shit. doubt it. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Wow. You had to go to a window to like even get some air. Yeah, oh, it was geez. nuts. Yeah. And then, and then their tree house that they live in, they live in a tree house, uh, <laughs> that... Which, that also didn't have. Air let me paint a picture. Time. It is a house on a giant pillar. It was one of the best like locations I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> I was it's just really cool because people had described it to me. Uh, the house on the stick. Yeah, and I was yeah. just like, no, like okay, this is there's some trickery involved. No, there isn't. Where did that come from? Uh, my grandfather built it in like the 80s because he. <laughs> He owned a steel plant. Okay. I was like, I have a bunch of steel, and I want to see what happens when I build a house in the sky. <laughs> like, I don't know where wow. he got that. I, I feel like my whole family is weird in in a certain way, you know. <laughs> you know, and I feel. I mean, that was a genius thing, but at the same time, it's like, why? Yeah, it's. You I know? mean, it's so bizarre. Like, I mean, in those opening minutes of the movie, when you see it. Yeah. And it was just like this. This is imp- this is an this impossible is, location. Like this, I is loved incredible. I loved that with the green pool, like the algae oh, pool. God, like yeah. it just, I, I loved it. That was so as perfect. is. Yeah. So yeah, like that. That it was as is, and it, it was. It didn't have air conditioning because the the property itself oh, is condemned. Yeah. Sure. Uh, oh, because man. of like various things that happened in the house mm. uh, that is also on the property, but the the tree house itself is perfectly fine it's just no one's allowed to live on the property yeah um and that that tree house it didn't have air conditioning so we had to bring in like an external ac unit and there was something died in the vent or Some something bit, like it bird. smelled horrible my story wow. is like there's a bird <laughs> found its way in the house and flew into the air vents oh my and god and then decided to die there and then <laughs> And then the air that blew out of there, or just, just, it just, it was horrible. Oh. And like, it was hot and stinky. Like a year ago, <laughs> a year before we filmed, and it was bad. Oh it my was God. like, it was like, there was like, I felt, I felt like if I closed my eyes, it would, it, I, I would like imagine there was like dead bodies all over the floor. That's how bad oh, it was. Wow. Yeah. Just, you God. Know. Wow. And somehow it doesn't smell as bad anymore. No. And yeah. We still go back every once in a while and just bask in the, in those days. Oh, yeah, it's it's, it's fun. fun. Yeah. That's wow. in Murfreesboro. Yeah, I, wow. I, I, I kind of I I think I knew that part of it, mm-hmm. but I was just 
I mean, just astounded by it. I mean, the, mm-hmm. and that's the other thing, you know, for the limited budget that you have, the film looks like a million bucks. I mean, you have like really great production value. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so this I mean, three years. Mm-hmm. What was the 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 weeks leading up to the premiere like? I mean, what were the? <laughs> I'm sure it was kind Come of on. nonstop. From from what I spoke to you at the premiere. Right before it screened. I have no knowledge of that. Do you know? <laughs> I mean, you were out of it. Can neither confirm nor deny. Yeah. But you yeah. told you said that you guys had been working up to as little as hours before the premiere. I mean, it was it was it was bad. I <laughs> I stopped smoking a long time ago, and I had a relapse before. Right. Mm. Sure. Before <laughs> from the premiere, I'm good now, but. I can't believe it. It was so stressful. I it was the most stress that I've ever experienced in my life. I think, like I was like, I was holding my head and I just couldn't imagine that it was reality. I was like, this is not like I was like three years and there's people that had been waiting for this for three years and and the editing. I mean, it, we really you know it was stressful. So. I what mean, uh, I mean, but it came together beautifully. What? Well, yeah. What was that like for you? I mean, the night of the premiere, seeing it for the first time, oh, and the response magic. you got. That I mean, was magic. Yeah, I mean, it was great. You know, every joke, every, 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 everyone got everything that we wanted them to. You know. Yeah. And like, there are definitely weak spots still that we're ironing out, mm-hmm. and and sound has like four months ahead of sure continuing. Like somehow we convince Jimmy Sudicom who's doing the final score for the movie to just do like temporary sound for the whole movie. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Um and and Sebastian Lonberg who's our sound designer who lives in Sweden. Wow. By the, by the way, Jimmy lives in LA and he's working out there. So all of this was just like people working I mean in that different far time zones and that's, it, that's it was incredible technology, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we had we had all these people working on it, and we've got a lot of temp music in there because Jimmy just didn't have time sure. to score it. And and Warren was just pulling sound clips to mix into it from other movies and YouTube videos. And we, the I think one thing that was really I think fun. I'm gonna sleep tonight. <laughs> just thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that was really fun was, and I don't know how it worked, but we were, Jimmy was like, okay, guys, you've got to find some music to go here, 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 and here. And and I described to Warren, like, different things that I was imagining. I was like, wait a second. Uh, our friend Evan Hickman had made, like, some weird sound collage, essentially, that's, like, 30 minutes long of strange sounds and it's it's like very ambient and we like doubled that up with a John Cage piece for percussion hmm. and somehow that worked well, its way into like yeah. the fight scene wow. and another fight scene and like all these different things and it I hate that it's temporary but it, it is really well yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, and together. and so like I was calling all these people that I knew trying to get permission to use it Tyler just for Walker. just for the one night right yeah um, but the meth dad song I, is off. there any plan to actually use the meth dad song because I, I hope th- so I think so, I love that yeah. I love love Jimmy love that really moment. liked it it's it's so it's so funny it's and magical, it's so perfect yeah. it definitely thing. caught my attention <laughs> yeah. I was like I don't know. 
That's great. That's fantastic. So, one, oh, go oh, ahead. No, no, no. Oh, just <laughs> one thing. Sorry, I just had two cups of coffee. Uh, one thing that was, one thing that's kind of frustrating though is like as we, as we have gotten further in our careers, so have these musicians that we've become friends with, and that's great, and I'm mm. so happy for them. But like some of the bands that we They're... wanted to use their music. Bully just got signed to Columbia. Oh wow! So yeah. now we've got to like go through Columbia and pay all these fees if we actually want to use yeah. it. And, and like there are various other bands that like if we want to use it, we have to go and do it the right way. Sure. But we had a verbal um, agreement. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what's next for the film? I mean, where where do you? What's the plan? Do you guys have a plan in place? Well, we. If you were there at the Bell Court and if you saw the premiere, then or what what was there then that is the temp edit and sure. sound mix sure so we still have to do uh the final edit which we're probably going to take about seven minutes off and i think it's about seven minutes like seven to fifteen somewhere in okay yeah that. and then um and then we'll do we'll send it off to sound and then that'll take about three or four months so i think if we if we if our schedules if our work schedules allow then then it will get done in about it seems like three or four months. Okay. Well, wait. Do you mean the what? Probably get final done? edit. You know. I mean, like I to send to sound. Well, or what do you mean? I don't know. I mean, because <laughs> you just said sounds gonna take three or four months. That's Where true. Sounds got? gonna take three or four months. We've got a month. Well, I think or two. he needs like so, two months. Yeah. So five or six months, something like yeah. that, I guess, okay. to get it finally done. And then, you well, know, will course, there be a second premiere after that? I'm curious. Premiere, premiere. Yeah. yeah. Because that, that one, like we we ended up describing that one more as like a pre-screening. Yeah, right. Because it, it, there were a lot of rough things still, and we were able to get a lot of good feedback. But it wasn't any less enjoyable. I will say that you know, That's like I, I thoroughly enjoyed yeah. myself, and and I really loved it. You know, I think if there is one, I think we should make it underground. Something, yeah. <laughs> something that's more. I mean, because it'll be the final thing, but it's the real one that's going to go off to yeah. festivals. Sure. So, and know. I think that there should be like some. Crazy party associated with it in Woodbury. So. Oh yeah. God! Yes, we come full circle. Yes, you tried to you tried to take me out, Woodbury, but yeah. I'm back. So at some point we and it ended up not making it in the movie just because we couldn't track down a bottle that would break. We were gonna have Warren be in there as a white supremacist that gets killed with a bottle. Oh my God! It's in such poor taste. But, I, so I tell, I say, you know, it, the, my parents are really affected by this whole situation. I think a lot of people were, sure. you know, that the fact that I was almost killed, you know, and and Chris had this idea, and I was like, I was like, okay, that might be really good. And so I go home to my parents and I say, so this is what's going to happen, I think, in the movie, and this is they want to like reenact my death, and they said, that's genius. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it was a great idea. We just never, you know, we couldn't track down Should've the glass bottle. I could have made that true. happen. That's true. Yeah, that's true. We could have we we had that. Let's let's still shoot it. <laughs> yeah, sneak it in there. You know. Uh, so. so, yes, Chris. Oh well, you you had wanted to know about like the the triumphs on set. Yeah, yeah. Let's. I mean. I, I would love to know. Yeah, I've been thinking about that. I've got one really important question first, though. Yes. Can I have one of those mints? Yeah. Did you bring enough for the rest of the class? Uh-huh. Oh, good. Um, 
Come on. Awesome. I was hoping you would do <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Get that so, rich sound. Yeah. sound good. <laughs> I've, I've been trying to figure out, like, what was a big triumph for me? And our final round of shooting, we were shooting at the paint factory that Warren is named after, Warren Paint. Uh-huh. And he, uh, I, I was off running uh, an errand and came back, like, with something, and I was like, how did this scene go? And he said, it was amazing. And that was a really good feeling. And what the scene was, I think, I think that this actress was one of the biggest triumphs of the whole thing for me. One of our actresses, her name's Sharika Crenshaw. Oh, God, yes. She was <laughs> fabulous! <laughs> She's only in the movie a couple of times. Maybe a total of five minutes, but Jesus Christ, it is. It, she is a scene stealer. Oh my gosh, she the real thing. That was her. <laughs> that was really her. She, uh, she is the best thing that Craigslist has ever pulled. <laughs> and we, what, what, the way the scene was written, the way the original scene that Ross wrote for earlier in the movie was, they're having this big discussion of like what. What is this chest? And they're in Randall's apartment, and they're figuring out, like, well, what's the next step? And in the background, a large black woman walks across the walks across the room, drinking a gallon of milk. Is that in the script? That's in the script. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Fabulous. And she comes back and forth a couple times, and she oh, and it's not just a large black it's a large black woman in lingerie. <laughs> so right, something's and, going on. Yeah, even yeah, though he, exactly. he he sounds like he he's got like a you know sweetness to his voice. He yeah. obviously has a thing. Yeah, yeah. There's like there's, there's some strange ambiguity with with Randall on all fronts, and it's amazing. But like, <laughs> I I put out I, I I said, where do you find a large black woman for an indie movie to walk around in lingerie? Craigslist. Yeah. Yeah. So I put up an ad like walk around in this movie $50 for the day and she sent me the best audition that I've ever seen and I wasn't sure if it was an audition or like spam or something like that because there was no subject in the email Mm -hmm. there was no body in the email there was just a video attachment and it's this this beautiful woman this beautiful large black woman sitting at her computer listening to this weird trip hop experimental music (laughs) and her head starts bobbing and she gets this big grin on her face and she holds up a, a can and she says this message brought to you by Jeremiah Weed and and she was drinking like that that gas station liquor or whatever. Yeah, oh, yeah. It, well, no, it it wasn't a can. It was, it was, brought to you by Jeremiah Weed in a in a blue stem wine glass. Oh, That's okay. what she said. Okay. Yes. And then she, the video was fifteen minutes <laughs> long. <laughs> and, she, and, she, and, yes. and you just watched. You just I just watched, yeah. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. And she uh, eventually, after she is jamming for a little bit. She just starts talking about a yard sale she's going to have. And then it ends. <laughs> nothing what? about a movie. <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing. Nothing at all. Right. So you were like, hired. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, I, I sent her an email saying, like, 
hey, is this an audition for Juicy Mushu for this movie? And because because I like to imagine that you. you somehow conveyed your meek tone yeah. in in your email. Yeah. I just use a really this, small font. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> um, and she said, "Yeah, how? Well, like, where can I meet you guys?" And so she came out. We were, we were working with a casting director as well. And we we had a, a, a an audition set up. There were a couple other large black women that came out, but this woman Actually. was incredible. Right. And everything about her was incredible. And she just had the the biggest personality. And and just it was a, almost risky. It was almost like when I, she came in the room, I was like, "Well, I don't. Something's wrong." Yeah. You know, it's like there was something about her. I was like, "There's, there's, it's, it's." She's not an actor. She's like the real thing. You know? Right? Yeah. She, uh, yeah. And on her card, it said like she's a life coach, and all these different things. And whenever I started talking with her, and we started talking with her about her life and everything, she's just this incredible human being. Um, and so she she filmed that scene of Randall's apartment, and the next summer, whenever we were getting ready to shoot again. Because that was it. That was supposed to be it. Right. We, we were all just thinking about... <laughs> what else can we... Her. <laughs> oh, I forgot. She doesn't go by Sharika Crenshaw. She goes by Go Team. Go Team. That's her nickname, her philosophy, and her catchphrase. And at her audition, this was... Yeah, this was like one of the really interesting things about this... Oh my gosh. About this audition was after like everything... She would say, "Go team, go team," <laughs> and it was it was her affirmation. It yeah. was her like, "Yes, I understand." It was her. How you hey, didn't lead job. with this story is beyond me. This is the most fabulous behind the scenes story <laughs> ever, ever. Yeah, this is it's incredible. pretty amazing. So she, I don't think she had ever acted before. She might have done like little stuff before, but we were just so blown away by Go Team that we said <laughs> we've got to get a hold of her again and see if she'll come out. And, mm-hmm. and we wrote like another scene in where she's like in the hallway this time and she's she's in something else and she uh she came back in for it and and it was great and then the next year it was like gosh we've got to get her in there again and i remember warren contacted her and i had read online that she like moved to atlanta or something and i was like i don't know if we're gonna be able to use her and warren got back to me with this was probably the biggest triumph for me, and I don't. And this is secondhand information, so like I might be skewing some details, but I love the way that I imagine it. He he called her up, and she said, "I'll absolutely be there. I will. I'll do anything for you guys." Wow. And Warren was taken aback, and he's like, "Well, you know, thank you, but what? What? <laughs> why?" Why would you come all the way in from Atlanta? And she said that before this movie. Well, I no, I'm I'm saying it weird. Um, no, that's this right. movie. No. This yeah. movie gave her confidence to pursue acting. Hmm. And now, and now I she think... was on a show down really? at Atlanta, and she had moved that's to Atlanta. That's why she was there. She had moved to Atlanta and was on this show. That's incredible. And. And she owed that to this project and to us and us having confidence in her. I remember... Right, whatever we wanted to do, she said she'd be there for because she because we were the ones that wow. got her to where wow. she needed yeah. to be. Yeah, and I, I remember our, our costume designer, she had she had said that she had to meet up with Go Team to get sizes for the lingerie and everything at a Waffle House. She was working at a Waffle House, and now she had moved to Atlanta. 
was and was, it. was pursuing wow. acting and doing well with it. Yeah. And so, so she came good. back, and she has a very intimate moment in the movie, where it's just this this super amazing close up of like this huge monologue, and and Warren said that she nailed it, and I knew that she did, and we went back and we watched it that night. And granted, we hadn't slept for a long time. Sure. But me and you and Evan, I remember we watched each take of that just countless times. Yeah. And we couldn't stop laughing. We could not stop laughing because it was so good. And I asked Warren what his direction was because none of it was written down. Sure. Oh. I was like, what, what did you say to her? What did, what did you say to her? Well, I... I I just I I talked with her for a while about like one of the most like uplifting experiences that she's ever had, you know. I think it was like with 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 a you know with a lover or something like that or something, and I just said you know like, I I I can't remember exactly what I said, but I just I wanted it to be so strong and so impactful, and then she was like I got it, and she was like you want me to say that? I was like yes, say that. And she was like, okay. And she said it. And she, you know, she, I, she probably went through a couple stories, but she said it. And it was like, I mean, that was it. That was the thing that she needed to say wow. because it came from like the heart, you sure. know? That was real. Yeah, you know? that's but awesome. it's, but it's like this absurd story. Yeah. And that she just came up with. And I, I've never, I've never worked with anyone that could do that. Like, that's just incredible. That's she is, she is, Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm yeah. so excited for what's in store for her. Wow. Well, I mean, to kind of wrap up, what's in store for y'all? What's next? What's what? Oh, we knew that question was coming. Yeah. I mean, it it's, always it's is. an important one. I mean, I want to know what happens now. So, you know, this is the, fir- the first one's done. What's, what's next? Right. Well, <laughs> um,. I don't know. Do are, are we at liberty to discuss that? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean we've got a lot of different ideas. Is this a we're gonna need a bigger show exclusive? Oh, exclusive. Most of, this, most of this has been. <laughs> um, well, we uh, we've been playing with a whole lot of different ideas about different movies that we want to do. Sure. Um, and we're we're really trying to hone in on what what the perfect thing to do is, but like ultimately we just want to make another movie, and we want to be able to do it the right way this time. Right. Yeah. Um, and we've got we've got a lot of stories, and we're just <laughs> sifting through them, essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know that you know we're always going to we're always going to be going you know working from project to project music videos and short sure, films sure. but features are what I think we're probably you know that's our that's our that's, that's our goal. goals do you yeah. have a do you and, have a genre you're leaning towards well I di- I didn't say this earlier on but like I am primarily interested in drama and I think that I'm a drama director I don't sure. know how Juicy Mushu and I you know, came together, but that that's usually where I come from, and I feel like if the if the next thing I would want to do would be that. And I think you've talked about a lot of drama, yeah, too. So, but you know, honestly, the one thing about Juice Mishu and a drama is their character pieces. You sure. know, like they're they're the struggle of 
of of characters and how characters can break apart and how they have to to finish something or or realize what they're worth they have to come back together and they have to like you know um it's just like a whole struggle you know and i think that that's what i'm interested in you know and i and i've read a lot of scripts that chris is, chris has written that he wants to direct and that's i think that's what he's interested in just like the characters and you know breakdowns and you know the the study of a human you know sure mm. so awesome starring go team Sorry, yeah. I got to. Oh, I wish. <laughs> I, I hope. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on. This has been absolutely. This has been great. Yeah. I absolutely adored this this interview. So, thank you guys so much, and we'll definitely be at the the premiere premiere. And, <laughs> yep. uh, grand premiere. We can't yep. wait to see what's what's coming up next for you guys. So, oh, for no we're gonna need a bigger show. This is Ben. Cameron B. Charles. Warren Smythe. And Chris Ranker. And I am Mike D. Thank you all so much for listening. We will catch you next time. Good night. Mike